What's up, guys? I am so happy you're here. I'm your host, Katrina Richardson, and you're listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast, where we take a look at the painful things that we go through in life and discover how God can use them for a purpose, for His purpose. My prayer through this podcast is that you will be reminded on a weekly basis that even though times are hard, and just because you don't understand all the whys, doesn't mean God can't use this and turn it into a beautiful, beautiful testimony. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Purpose Through Pain. I am here with my friend, Tabitha Taramee. Did I say that right? Yep. Okay. Um, (laughs) And we're going to be talking about a really interesting topic this week, body dysmorphia. And I'm going to get into more of what that is in just a second. But real quick, Tabitha, Tell me a little bit about yourself and just about your upbringing a little bit so we can get to know you better. Okay, well, thank you for having me on. This is really exciting. I've never done anything like this, but (laughs) I'm excited to share. (laughs) Yep, I love it. So I was actually raised on the mission field. My dad was a missionary to the country of Belarus, and I was 10 years old when we went over to the country of Belarus and then 18 when we returned. I was raised very conservative, independent, fundamental Baptist, and there were a lot of, now that I've gotten older, I've recognized a lot of different teachings in my upbringing that were more opinion of man rather than God's opinion and what he says of the scriptures. And so I've just had to reevaluate over the last four years after my entire foundation kind of was taken out from underneath of me with my parents' divorce and lots of hidden sin that we came across in their, I mean, my entire upbringing, their course of being missionaries. And so I'm kind of identifying as a little bit of a baby Christian at this point where I finally feel like my relationship with God is mine. And it's very important to me, the individuality of that and studying his word for what he has it for me. So I've been going through healing courses and I've been going through therapy and I've been going through to Bible studies now. And I just, I, I have never felt this close to my God. Mm-hmm. in the 33 years of my life than I have in the last six months. So it's really exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's very important, you know, to make your faith your own, but it does kind of, it is kind of difficult, I guess, to have that rug ripped out from under you, like you were mm-hmm. saying. Um, so like I said earlier, we're going to be talking about body dysmorphia specifically. And if you don't know what that is, I'm going to read exactly what Google says. If you were to Google this definition, Uh, Body dysmorphia is defined as an obsessive focus on a perceived flaw in one's appearance. It could be minor or even imagined, um, but the person will spend a large amount of time trying to fix it, whether that's with products, with makeup, with exercise, diet, surgery, or just whatever other way. Um, This could look like frequently looking in the mirror, critiquing, saying, you know, I wish this was different constantly comparing what you look like to someone else, avoiding social situations, pictures, all that kind of stuff. So definitely something that our society struggles with. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually polled on my Instagram stories a couple of weeks ago, and 53% of people said they struggled a lot with this. 41% said struggled some, and only 6% said they have never struggled with this at all. So it's definitely prevalent. Mm How? let's just start at the beginning. How old were you when you would say you started struggling 
with body dysmorphia? I distinctly remember around the age of 10 because um, I was about to turn 11. And I don't know if this memory comes because we had a home video of it, but I remember my dad like always asking or telling us to like turn to the side so he could take a picture of our belly and send it to grandma because we were growing. But he only did that to me and my brother. We were the oldest of four. And um, so I, it brought a lot of tension to my stomach specifically, but then also to my mom's or other people's, like it was just like a focus point for me. So I was only 10 when that started. <laughs> oh, wow. So going through the years, starting at 10 and then after that, was it just your stomach that you were struggling with or like what specifically did you struggle with? It was it was more my stomach areas, like for me, my focus, um, in my head, but I, I was not the skinniest girl in the room. And I think it also came from the Belarusian culture, um, that they always say that Americans are fat and obese and they're just overweight. And I was one of those people or like we were the American family. So we were viewed in a way of our eating habits, those things, my sister, she's, two inches shorter than me and has always been like teeny, teeny, tiny. And I mean, we always, we always were teased amongst ourselves that like I got the bowling balls of a chest and she got the mosquito bites type of thing. Like she's so (laughs) tiny, right? I mean, we can joke as teens or whatever when we get to there, but for me, that really was a big issue as to like why I felt that way because I was the bigger girl in the room, but I look back at pictures and I remember even telling my mom as a 16 year old girl, like, I'm really not that big. Like when I see myself in a picture, but I just wasn't comfortable in my skin or around my friends or on my dad because he always brought attention to it. Yeah. So feeling uncomfortable in your skin and all that, how did that just affect you? What different ways did it affect you growing up or mentally, whatever. It's always affected my relationship with food. I guess I would consider myself kind of a a closet binge eater. Like it's my comfort to have food. I think it worked in the opposite for both me and my mom with my dad's opinion of food and how our bodies were supposed to look, that it actually pushed us more towards food for comfort because that was the one thing that actually gave us initial gratification, like that instant satisfaction. Um But then there was instant guilt too of like, I know I shouldn't have done that. I don't feel all that great. I am just going to stay in this cycle, but like I'm this size anyway. Why not? You know, why not eat? So you keep mentioning your dad. Do you think that was like a focus of where this struggle came from? Oh yeah. It's only him. It's only him. Was it because of the pictures or did he just like say you're not skinny enough or like, what was it? Yeah, it was because I wasn't skinny enough or if you look this size, like if you saw pictures on the computer and like used his little like editing thing, if you were this size, I would be beating 17 guys off of you like flies. Or if you looked like this or like my thighs don't touch, yours shouldn't be either. Or he's a super, super skinny man. Like he's five foot six and only weighed at his heaviest with all muscle, 150 pounds. He's just a tiny human. Mom is not, she was just larger bone. She's five foot seven. So she was taller than him even. And after he had kids, like they met in the army. So she was super fit. And then she had kids and he's like, when is your body going to go back to what it used to be? And like, isn't that uncomfortable that it just sags there or things like that, you know? And it's just, yeah. um, very critical, very critical. And just, 
like what uh, what type of person should be focusing on those things with young children and or his wife like for him I guess that was his way of trying to get us to be better for ourselves because he could eat a salad for a week and lose 10 pounds but men just do that Mm -hmm. like certain metabolism and all exactly so I did not get the education on how the body should work and um now we know like he has a lot of different mental issues and he kind of had that napoleon syndrome you know attitude towards the world and everything and he was just a really sick man and that's where in the last maybe year and a half um working on my mental health i have been able to start to understand and grasp that for myself and start to um disassociate myself from his thinking of who I am mm-hmm. and put my pl- myself in the place of who God created me to be and how he made my body and how I can overcome those things that were put on me. <laughs> yeah. You know, if he, if he hadn't forced that topic, I mean, I was on diets at the age of 13. Oh my goodness. Because I just had to be. Yeah. And I I loved sugar too much. And I mean, now I understand I was going through puberty at that time and my gut health was not in the best place and my mind wasn't at the best place. And I now understand that like, when you think of yourself a certain way, you're going to constantly like, that's your focus. Then that's going to be constantly what your brain is going to and not giving off the right signals. So your body is going to gain weight, or you are just going to either be uncomfortable with it or with the stress of trying to please him, but then not feeling comfortable there that also like your body holds on to weight even because of those things. And I was just going through puberty. So like, let us just understand what the hormones do to our bodies. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So, wow. Just so much like critique and all of that with being so young and then definitely influenced you growing up. And I love how you said that over the past, I think you said year and a half, it's really mm-hmm. like come to see you need to look at yourself for who God says you are, not who anyone else does, whether it's your dad, husband, anyone, you know, yourself, we need to look at ourselves for how God sees us. And, you know, our society, and this is where so many people struggle with it. Our society says to be beautiful, to fall into that category, you have to check off certain boxes. You know, you have to fit this specific kind of image. You have to be this tall, this weight, show off this amount of skin, you know, wear these types of clothes, all this, all this stuff. But I think what makes it even more complicated for women is that every few years, those specifications change and, you know, you're constantly having to change in order to remain quote unquote beautiful. And that can be kind of exhausting, you know, Mm -hmm. your mental health is just going to go by the wayside. And, you know, like you said, your gut health and all of that was out of whack because you're focusing on these other things and you're not taking care of your body like God intended it. And finding our beauty based on those world standards and specifications is not sustainable, like at all, Mm -hmm. and can come at the high cost in other areas of our lives, especially, like I said, our mental state. So I think it's very important for us to strive to go not by the world standard of beauty, but like you said, identifying how God sees us in his standard of beauty and also making sure, especially those of us that have struggled with it, to raise our daughters 
you know, in a way that they understand where the true term of beauty comes from. You know, don't throw your health by the wayside because, oh, it doesn't matter what I look like. Still take care of yourself, but realize who God says you are. Yes. So that long monologue into this question, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, what has helped you in recovering from this struggle of body dysmorphia? I'm still in the process of working on it. And honestly, just in the last two months, I have started to think differently about myself when I do see myself in the mirror. I had three babies and I had them very quickly back to back. I never really had a tone flat stomach. So I knew that those muscles stretching out would be different or difficult to bring it back in. It's just, I didn't have the discipline for working out because I didn't, I wasn't in the right mental space for that. I did try it for like a year and a half, um, with my second pregnancy. Um, but even then my body just wasn't doing what I would expect it to do after a year and a half. But since, um, quitting the vigorous, vigorous working out, I have been able to work on my thoughts. I'm um, in thought coaching, but then also, um, I have partnered up with Plexus Worldwide and we are a gut health company that we work on health and happiness. And so learning what the hormones do in our body and which hormones work as like, for example, insulin is our master hormone. And so if our blood sugars are not regulated, then the other hormones are not going to work well. And then understanding what cortisol does and like how stress and thoughts and lack of sleep sleep actually produce cortisol in the body, which holds on to fat as a protection for you. So if you're under a ton of stress and you're hardly eating anything, you still might be gaining weight because that's how your body protects you. Whereas other people might lose the weight because that is how their body protects them. Either you lose your appetite or you gain your appetite. And that is because of a hormone in your body. So understanding how the chemicals work in my system, I am realizing that it's not just a willpower thing as much as it is full health and everything combined. It's physical health, mental health, emotional health, and spiritual health. It all works together. And that's how God designed us. And that is what is helping me come out of that place of just feeling completely defeated in my own efforts to get to a specific place of how I see myself in the mirror. I'm so thankful for my babies and I'm so thankful for social media because I'm seeing more raw and real material about women. (laughs) We all got stuff about. (laughs) We all have it. Even my sister, she was just here over the weekend and she had three babies very, very close together like I did. And, um, she has Lyme disease. So she had to be put on a specific diet to get that inflammation out of her body. And she even talked about it because, I can tell it's in her mind as well that like the stomach area was talked a lot about in our childhood because that's what she focuses on weight gain as well is in the stomach. And she's just like, when I'm standing, I do have a flat stomach, but when I'm sitting there, it literally is just extra skin. And that's all that's there. And me recognizing that like, I'm just bigger bone inflammation has completely left my body. I've worked on that for two years. So I know that that is down in my body. I have not changed any weight from the size I was as a 14 to 
of who I am now as an eight, I have not lost a pound in between that weight, but I have lost so many pant sizes and shirt sizes because inflammation is actually more that controls our body than even fat. Um, and that's just any American, you can be as healthy as you want to be, but inflammation is still attacks our body because we have so much sugar in our diet just because of a society. It's one of those things too, of like, you can be as crunchy as you want to be, but your gut health needs to be in the right place. And so getting away from that focus of, I am not enough. I don't do enough. I will never be that person. Just accepting how the Holy Spirit is showing me you are wonderfully made and just being able to praise my God like in Psalms Psalm 139 14 I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works my soul knows it very well I don't feel like my soul knows it very well but I'm starting to speak that into existence and allowing the Holy Spirit to continually bring that back to my mind that it's okay. I'm okay where I'm at. I'm feeling healthy. So I don't have to feel like I look healthy. There's a difference in my mind, at least of where I'm thinking of like, how like looks don't mean you're healthy. Mm -hmm. How you feel means you're healthy. I'm sleeping through the night. I am engaging. My hormones are balanced. My periods are not painful. My husband has a joyful person again. My kids have an intentional mom who is awake and alive and being able to function instead of just cowering away and sleeping all day long because I didn't have anything to live for. And I do have something to live for now. So that's where I feel like I've, I'm, I'm working my way out of this deep hole. <laughs> yeah, no, that's beautiful. When you're struggling and let's say you're looking in the mirror, what, what do you try to remind yourself? Like when you're like, I'm sure you still have those moments where you're struggling with, mm -hmm. you know, your image and yep. you know, what do you like in quick, if you're struggling, what would you tell mm -hmm. yourself like to remind yourself of who God says that you are? Well, someone told me that about their sister that like when she's applying lotion to her body that she is she she thanks that part of her body for what it does for her as in like thank you arms for holding me up allowing me to hold my babies allowing me to cook allowing me to clean thank you legs for for being able to give me that strength to get out of bed so I really liked that idea not necessarily that I want to just like talk to my body but I kind of need to do that at this moment because I've hated on my body for so long mm -hmm. um and I'm just using it as as a prayer time for me of thank you for allowing me to get up every day. Thank you for allowing me to be there for my children. Thank you for keeping me out of the hospital. Thank you for giving me a clear mind to be able to work and to um, read your word and understand it. You know, just using it as like at different portions of my body. I specifically put myself in front of the mirror now naked just so that it's a very intimate thing for myself, but trying to recall what my husband appreciates about me and loves about me. Cause if he loves me, then I'm okay. You know, it doesn't need to be everyone else. And then just saying affirmations as a prayer, not necessarily scripture, but just thankful for these things in my body. And that, um, this is a season and I'm excited to see what the next season is going to bring for how I feel at your yeah. body. And praying and thanking God for what your body is capable of doing and what it does yeah. do, because we can critique ourselves so easily looking at how the world judges the body, especially women's bodies, but there's so much to be thankful for. I mean, you brought three humans into this world mm -hmm. and your body did that. 
And that's something to thank God for. And I love that you do that. So you mentioned Psalm 139.14, which is actually one that I had written down. Um, are there any other scriptures that you cling to that remind you of who you are to God? At the moment, no. But, um, well, I guess I just did a Bible study um, of the book of Matthew. And at the very end, it was very personal to me with the resurrection and how Jesus left everyone here. So he said to them in Matthew 28, it's the great commission, um, verse 18 and on. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And we are supposed to proclaim Jesus to, to everyone, but he says, behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. He is with us, even when we're trying to obey and, and move forward and where we're going. And so I just took that as a very clear promise to me that he's with me in this season. And he was in those seasons and he's putting certain things in my life and, or in my future, that's going to continue to help me heal. Like, I'm finally getting over this thing of like, I need this overnight. I'm so ready for healing. I want this now. I want that. I, I have much more of a futuristic view of what's God, God is going to do in the next season. I'm finally completely out of like baby stage. My toddler just turned three. My youngest just turned three <laughs> a week ago, Monday. And so I'm going to have a six-year-old in June. And then I have a four and a half year old and now my three-year-old. And so I am out of that very dark stage of nursing and up all night and diapers and potty training and learning to walk and baby toys everywhere and all these things. I've been able to minimize what we have in our home and I don't touch as much and the kids are helping me. Like I'm out of that very dark stage. For me, it was at least like of seclusion of like babies only. This is my entire life. I'm touched out. I have no energy for all these things, but I'm still trying it all because I want to feel human. There is a new identity in mom as opposed to just newborn babies. And so this whole thing of like, I am with you always to the end of the age. My age is not done. And so he's going to continue to be there for me and continue to change my mind about myself, about him, about my children, about my husband, about life in general. I'm still learning lessons and I am in love with this learning stage of everything I've ever struggled with. And so it's really exciting that that is a promise that he gives to each and every one of us and that's how individual it can be too like he's there with you to the end of the age <laughs> absolutely love that I wouldn't have thought of the great commission as something right? with yeah. that. that's, <laughs> that's why we talk about it with other people right? perspective. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to read all of the different verses that I wrote down because I kind of went like just crazy I was like oh and this one and this one and this sure. one and we would be here for a little while but I want to read just a few of them because I think they're good to cling to. So you can write them down. If you're listening, you can write these down. I'm also going to have them in the show notes, um, just the references. But first is very much because, you know, we always, how the world looks at us is our outward appearances, right? And so First Peter 3, verses 3 and 4 says your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes rather 
It should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle, quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Mm. About what's inside of us, you know, and that can be so hard to lose focus of. Um, And so reminding us of what the scripture says, what God's word says about, it's not about what you look like on the outside. If you want to wear jewelry, that's fine. It's not saying don't wear jewelry, but it's saying the true beauty is coming from the inside. First Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? You know, if we're Christians, if we believe in Christ, God's spirit is in us. We are God's temple. Like that should make you just like light. Like, wow, that's amazing. Or first Samuel, I love this one. I actually recently read this one, like in the past month during my Bible reading first Samuel 16, seven, I'll stop on this one. Um, (laughs) This is whenever Samuel's looking for the next King. And, you know, God is going to show him who he is. And he's looking at all the sons of Jesse. And he's like, oh, it's got to be that one. Because, you know, he's tall and he's strong. And he's looking at his outward appearance. And in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That's a few scriptures. I'll put a few more in the show notes just so y'all can have like my list and you can look them up. But just before we close this out, I have two more questions. One, how have you grown closer to God with this struggle? And you've kind of already answered that a little bit, but answer it a little bit more. I am getting rid of so much bitterness toward my dad for my mom for feeling like she never heard me that this was something that you know he did he did it to her but she didn't realize he was doing it to us and saying those comments but it's just taking away him taking away that bitterness for me and just showing me compassion so that I can show them compassion and understanding that at that time in his life he felt like he was doing something right so that I would take care of my body, even though he did not realize that it was hindering me with every cell in my body. And so just growing closer to the Lord and um, being able to let go of hurt has been so freeing. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. And then just to kind of close it out, um, like we said at the beginning, a lot of people struggle with this. I mean, 94% of the people that at least voted in that poll that I put on Instagram have at least struggled with it some, 94% of people. So if you could give just one piece of advice or a word of encouragement to the people that struggle with body dysmorphia, struggle with how they look in their skin and not liking it, what would you say to them? I would say get a thought coach. Okay. Get someone who can help you work through your thoughts in a constructive way because our thoughts are our feelings so if we're able to identify where the biggest pain is my thought coach helped me to see something that wasn't necessarily in regards to body dysmorphia but just in regards to how I thought about myself and actually writing things down that's difficult for me because I was told I wasn't smart enough or whatever so she was just telling me instead of taking that teacher's manual for you as to how you 
should do your schoolwork or should read your Bible, how do you want to do your schoolwork or read your Bible or have a relationship with God? So how do you want to have a relationship with your thoughts about who you are in your body? Let someone be able to help you work through that and talk through that because it's not something you can do on your own necessarily, but by working on your thoughts and recognizing where the deep root issue was of that, and then having something to continue to look back on. And every time those thoughts and those fears and those struggles come up, you're going to have this training to look back on and, or just go to your thought coach and be like, okay, coach me through this. I just had another incident that this came up because it does play into a lot of things about how we think about our bodies comes into play as to how we think we're a mother, how we think we're a friend, how we think we're a role model, how we think we're a wife, how we think we're a sister, anything like that. So Thought coaching is a big one, I would say, because it's helped me actually like in my thoughts to the Bible and how I thought God thought about me. Yeah. How do you want to have a relationship with your body as opposed to how do you think you should? Because that's how that's what someone else thinks about how you should look and your body should be. Let's get away from the shoulds and let's get to the core of like, what do I want? What does God want for me? Find the wants. Mm -hmm. And then I also like, you know, just what you explained earlier about praying over the different parts of your body and and just thanking God for that. You know, there's always also just putting scripture, like some of these scriptures that we talked about on the mirror um, Mm -hmm. and reminding yourself of those, you know, reading it when you do your makeup and all of that stuff or getting ready for the day and reminding yourself, this is who God says I am. Or find a song about it too. find a song about like that verse or something that you had and just just be thinking about yourself dancing let it go <laughs> you are worshiping jesus and son <laughs> says i'm beautiful <laughs> all right um so i just want to close out with like a little thought and so the world tells us so much you know you have to be this to be beautiful but we need to know that it doesn't take that that we are already beautiful and the answer is not found in you know fashion it's not found in hollywood or size double zero pants or whatever you know it's in your bible and just like you said psalm 139 14 i praise you because i'm fearfully and wonderfully made and your works are wonderful i know that full well you're beautiful not because of you hit certain standards or check marks by the world but because god created you and you can have confidence in your beauty when you define it god's way 1 Timothy 2, 8 through 10. Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. I also want the women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. So when you're being obedient to him by having that meek and quiet spirit, you can have confidence in yourself. When you put on beauty by submitting to your husband's God-given authority and doing good, you can approach every day confident in the beauty God sees in you. If you were created by God Almighty, that's the only condition. If you were created by him, which all of us were, then you're beautiful despite the world's definitions of beauty. If you've been baptized in the newness of life, that being salvation, you're beautiful. When you look into the mirror 
do not be ashamed of the unique beauty that God formed in you. You can feel free to use the blessings of clothing, makeup, jewelry. You can use those things. That's not what we're saying not to do here. You can use those to bring glory to God, but develop a meek and quiet spirit that shines with the imperishable beauty that God delights and take pleasure in and know that you are beautiful simply because God made you. Well, thank you so much, Tabitha, for coming on here, being vulnerable, talking about something that's difficult to talk about and giving. I know so many people are going to just get encouragement from this. And I just want to thank you for doing that for us. You're welcome. Thank you for asking me. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Purpose Through Pain podcast today. I pray that you're walking away from this episode with hope and trusting God with whatever comes next for you or whatever you're walking through right now. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends and family. And if you ever have any questions or have a topic that you want me to discuss, just shoot me a DM over on Instagram at katrina.r95. I hope I'll see you next week. And until then, remember that your pain isn't pointless and God's got a beautiful purpose all planned out just for you.